football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm J.D. Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely new microphone co-host, Dennis, Dennis Carter the 69th. Denny, how's it going, buddy? It's going well, and I, I, I wondered, you know, getting this new golden mic uh, for this show and, and other shows that I do, if you would be... Uh, jealous of my voice quality you know I, I was i was hoping i was hoping it wouldn't be a thing between us you know because you had the <laughs> the edge for so long you're you you sound like you're sitting in a room with the listeners i i sound like i'm in the, the bottom of a, an arby's dumpster screaming right you know, right as from the bottom of the dumpster so uh now now we're at least on equal footing i need to give everyone uh the visual that i have right now <laughs> <laughs> so we we of course we do this through skype as you guys know so Denny right now is sitting in his mom's basement yes. and he, do, he he doesn't podcast at a desk or anything. He's, he's podcasting on a couch, right? It's like a couch down there. It is. Yes. Yeah. So in the past, he's had his needle dick microphone. <laughs> the kids. Where he's been able to just kind of relax a little bit and, and just uh, put his feet up and just lean back mm-hmm. and have that microphone up to his face and it didn't really matter all that much. But now he's got a stationary mic, but there's no desk for him to put it. And he can't hold the mic because every time he holds the mic, there's feedback that comes through on my end. And I'm the one that's <laughs> recording this. So with the feedback coming through, so Denny had to make a makeshift desk. And that's why we're recording this 15 minutes late because <laughs> Denny stacked books and i think i saw you get a ziploc bag at one point to put under it yeah there's a lot of stuff literally anything that had any sort of of depth yeah denny put below this mic but now now denny's going to have a broken back after the show leaning forward to, t- to speak into this mic yeah i'm hunched over it uh like like some sort of monster i so here's what i have i have a, a box full of crayons and markers um and did then you say, did you say cranes cr- <laughs> crayons however god how do how do pittsburgh people say it like a normal person it's a crayon it's a crayon what is a crayon (laughs) that's how we say in maryland what what is a crayon no it's it's the it's the right way anyway i have i have that box of of writing material and then i have on top of that a, a a history book about halloween and then on top of that, I have the top of the box of another uh, another art thing. It's uh, basically uh, I'm in chill, you know kids hell right now right. in my in my basement. My desk was taken away from me actually. My my strange wife uh, actually just one day removed it. From, from, it was it was part of the divorce. It was I guess I guess she took it uh, just to spite me. Speaking of divorce, I think that the NFL needs to uh, divorce their officiating. Actually, no. They so here here's my take. I don't think the officials are actually bad because mm-hmm. I think it's it's very difficult to to like see what's going on boom boom you know whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's the system that the NFL has in place that's so infuriatingly horrible. It is. Uh, I mean, they they need to divorce themselves from instant replay. I think. I think it's it's time to get rid of it. Just completely tear it up and never ever bring it back. It has it has ruined the experience of watching a game. Now, it has not ruined the experience of watching red zone. Okay. Because there's always something going True. on in the red zone. Right, but right. but with an island game, with a Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, it's unwatchable because every play, honestly, when I'm look when I'm watching a game, I'm looking for the at the bar at the bottom to see if there's a flag. Yeah. On, on, on every play, and that's not the way you should be watching. No, I I think if they're gonna go, here's the problem that I think like like the issue that they're running into is that. Like, I'm very pro-replay. I'm just not pro-replay at the speed that they're going at right now. It's so slow. If they have someone who's instantly saying, this is a flag, this isn't a flag, and they're able to Mm -hmm. communicate that to the referees, and then they're able to communicate that to the rest of the game and do it very quickly, that's great. But my fear is, because right now we're living in this gray area where uh, instant replay is allowing us to see the very, very detailed uh, aspects of mm-hmm. the game, uh, you know, like holding calls, for instance, right. like we know that holding occurs on so many plays and then it doesn't, and then it's called inconsistently and all of that. Uh, what happens if we go to the extreme, uh, you know, we'll call this the extreme and, and we get essentially robot referees looking at this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, realistically, just someone like sitting in a booth or whatever, or a group of people, are we now going to call every small holding penalty? And if that's the oh. case, that that's going to be an issue, no, right? It, like you're going to run into those issues. That would be a total nightmare. I mean, first of all, I think that they're way too, too ticky tacky on holding calls, uh, especially on offense, but the, uh, that would be a good compromise. And, and I hate compromise as you know, but, but it, I, I would go along with, with what you're saying. Somebody in a room somewhere who could communicate with every head ref on the football field to say, um, all right, we just reviewed it, like to take 90 seconds and say we reviewed it, that is pass interference. Reverse the call. Right. You could, I mean, you should be able to, if, if this is the sole job for a human being, right. you should be able to do it very, very quickly. And then also get GPS in the football. Why, why, why is that? Like, because I'm so sick of like, uh, of where things are spotted, oh. you know, whether or not he broke the plane, like the, the touchdown that green Bay had in that game, like they, they were very clearly down at the half yard line yeah. and they just called it a touchdown. Yeah. It's like, what, what are, what are we doing here? And then the, the whole pass interference issue, uh, with, with the replay, how they're not reversing literally anything. Nothing. Like, are we even sure that if a, a Ram Saints play happened mm-hmm. again, that they would review it and reverse it right? Now? No, I'm not sure. I, I I can't say that because there have been clear uh, pass interference calls that they refuse to look at. And I don't know, is it pride? Do you think that the ref is just saying, you know what? No, this is subjective. We called it on the field. We're sticking with it. My take is that the reason they implemented it is for strictly the playoffs, but they couldn't come out and say that. Oh, even though right. it would be fine if they wanted to do that. Like, I, I, it would be totally... Remember, they did that with the overtime rules for right. a little bit. Right. Like, like just let the playoffs be different. That's fine. I don't think anyone would care. I think we'd all understand that we want to be more accurate in the playoffs. Sure. Sure. Let's do but, that. But, like, that that Lions-Packers game was an atrocity. And, and, and it's unfortunate because every game now, the only thing anyone is talking about during the game and then after the game is how bad 
the officiating was and and you and you, the other things everything else gets kind of lost in, in it and it's got to be a total debacle for the league i can't imagine that people aren't getting just absolutely reamed every single week about uh how bad officiating is and how much it has slowed the game i mean it, we're talking about baseball type speed at this point you know the, the, yeah. the speed of the game it, it's excruciating People wouldn't care if not for betting and, and fantasy. Nope, that's it. Period. That, is, I, I, that that's it. I'm telling you, anecdotally, and you know, we talk about we only do uh, anecdotal analysis here. Anecdotally, <laughs> I don't know anybody who watches football only strictly for the love of their team. I, and I used to know everybody. I used to know who watched football did watched it for that reason. Nobody anymore. Right. Right. I, I, I just, it's, it's a different, different, uh, experience. Uh, it's not a bad, ex- like overall, it's still fine enough. I think red zone helps a lot, Yeah. but, but they got to do something because this is not, this is not sustainable the way that it's going. It is not. Um, all right, Denny, let's look at what happened in week six with our streamers. Uh, pretty good week from a quarterback standpoint. We had Kirk cousins. Mm-hmm. He had 27 fantasy points. So a good week for him. Uh, thank God I was, I, uh, I said this at the beginning of my matchup show on the late round podcast last mm-hmm. week where the week prior when Will Fuller went off, I feel like if I didn't have, if I hadn't talked about Will Fuller the mm-hmm. week before on the show, th- then it was a huge fail. Right, right? right, right. And I did. And then the same thing, I, I talked about Stefan Diggs last week. So it's like a, it's a, it's a sigh of relief from a fantasy oh. analyst perspective because you just, you don't want to be, you don't want to miss out on that, that type of performance. That's a huge sight. There's nothing, there's no better feeling than touting you know, a guy or saying he's due basically, but giving statistical reason for he's due. Sure. And then, you know, it, it all comes due all at once. And yeah. there's no, there's no, there's no better feeling. Well, maybe a better feeling is winning the Millie maker, but that's it. Right there. There was, so I, I went on uh, the more ways to win show, the FanDuel show that we do on TVG. And uh, one of my three DFS values last week was Stefan Diggs. Nice. And they tweeted, they tweeted it. And, and they put it on, on Twitter and someone responded, well, this guy's his quarterback with Kirk cousins. Yeah. like a gif of Kirk cousins my god I, I just sent him like a smirk gif back after Stefan Diggs did what he had oh, you're, so, you're so petty you're so, it petty. Felt so I, I had to that was one of the few times <laughs> where I'm just like I'm, I'm doing this like get, get out of here get out of here did you have to go back to- oh I went back and oh heck yeah to, oh, I, oh my god but wait is this on Twitter or was this on something else was it was on Twitter you guys can probably find the gif that I used oh. uh no I think it was the girl smirking you know that little girl smirking gif yeah like, yeah, like yeah. staring at the camera and then uh yeah look there are there are very few times where I go back to a tweet but it's when people are smart asses right and they think that they gotcha it's like the people who, if anyone comes at me in the first quarter of a game tilting about a performance yeah. that I said would go a certain way, and then it the opposite happens, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up. Yeah. Th- those are the few times that I actually will hit someone up. If they call me out for like a bad play, what am I gonna say? Yeah, I was wrong. Like, what am I gonna argue with you for? Like, what's the <laughs> point, right? But if it's something like that, then yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna come after you. Yes. Uh, Gardner Minshew was a deeper play. He only had five points. Oh, God. Sam Darnold also a deeper play. He had almost twenty points though. Sam Darnold looked like uh, he was mono free. Yes, completely. Yes, you're right. Completely void of all the mono, which is good. I I had a funny feeling about the Jets that I didn't quite communicate in time, and I feel I feel bad about that for the patrons, the good living the stream patrons. By the way, if you're not a patron sign up we are updating our streaming options and other things all the time on our patreon page 
Tight end. I feel better about tight end this week. We'll get into that in a sec. But Gerald Everett, only 2.9 points. Noah Fant, 3.6. Another bad week at the tight end position because that's what happens. Uh, defense, we had Washington as the only main streamer. They had 10 uh, fantasy points, which is actually like a top seven, six or seven play yeah. just because the way defenses were last week. Miami has a deeper play. They only scored once. Sorry, scored one point, not once. They didn't have any touchdowns. I was like, really? Uh, so overall, not a not a bad week. I'm glad that that quarterback kind of got back on track uh, after after a slower start this season. Yeah, Cousins was available in half of leagues, I think. Last, yeah, and last week, Kyle Allen available in a lot, um, and he he came through with at least 17. It wasn't t- terrible. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, let's move on to week seven. Let's start with defenses like we historically yeah. have done, but for whatever reason, we haven't done it this year. So I'll kick things off because I have two defenses that I'm going to talk about. Um, I think you have the defense that would be more of the go-to. Yeah. But I think that you can you can play Kansas City. My last line in my notes is it's not the best option, but it's a low-owned option. <laughs> We're, Denny and I are high-owned, uh, highly-owned all yeah, the time. Yeah, right, right. I, I don't know what it's like to be low-owned. Uh, one day, maybe I will. Right, but Kansas City's a low-owned option. Um, but it's not an awful spot for them. They're on the road on Thursday night. I don't really like targeting teams on the road on Thursday night um, just because of the short week and the travel. Uh, home teams seem to have uh, an advantage there. Um, but they are favorites against Denver. Denver's bottom half in the league in sack rate allowed. They're 11th worst in yards per play. They're 23rd in points scored. I mean, you can't look at the Denver offense and say this is a really good offense. Now, I do worry that Kansas City's defense isn't very good. Right. Um, and I also worry about this matchup because Kansas City is atrociously bad at stopping the run. Yes. Like, so bad at stopping the run. They've allowed a, a fifty, a higher than a 54% success rate allowed mm. uh, when the second highest team, that's that's according to Number Fire's expected points model, the second highest team or second worst team has a lot of 49% success rate wow. to running backs. So like the, the difference is, is out of control how bad Kansas City's rush defense has been, and we know that Denver can run the football. So that's my fear with how this game could go. It could end up hitting the under as a result, So uh, which is fine, but I'm saying from the from the perspective of like mm-hmm. them running it, we want Joe Flacco dropbacks. That's that's the goal here, right? right? Um, so that that's really my fear with Kansas City. I'm I'm hoping they can maybe get like five points right. and you can just kind of move on. That's yeah. that's really how I'm viewing it. Yeah, you have to be pretty desperate. What you're saying though, JJ, is that it's Philip Lindsay season this week. I'm I'm calling it right now. Okay. It's it's Royce Freeman's game. Oh god, I hate you so much. I have no Freeman. I have all the Lindsay. Oh god, yeah. Oh man, I got the better option of the two. This sucks. <laughs> what, what is that? What Philip Lindsay's great. I just Royce Freeman just had the 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 difference in their workload and their yardage and all that versus their touchdowns, it doesn't make... Uh, it, Royce Freeman is a huge positive regression candidate, and it's an island... You know island games are weird. You know a Thursday night game's going to be weird. Put Royce Freeman in that MVP spot and just make some money. I'm, I'm absolutely just tilting my face off right now. I, I, I'm at a point with Philip Lindsay this week where if he doesn't score like 37 fan, PPR points, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to freak out. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, all right. On to my, your defense. Yes. Your defense. So the Packers' defense is available in about fifty percent of leagues. Okay, so this is not this is not really a cheap defense. Okay, it's it's half a league. Obviously not yours. They were probably drafted in the third round in your league. But they they are at home this week against the Raiders. Uh, Green Bay is a six and a half point favorite. Uh, Green Bay's defense 
uh, sacks the quarterback on almost 9% of, of its defensive snaps. That's the ninth highest rate in the league. So you could get a little bit of a floor there with uh, for sack purposes. And uh, Green Bay averages nearly two takeaways per game, which is among tops in the league. Uh, and Derek Carr averages about one interception per game in Oakland losses. Uh, I, I would say that probably the Packers are the floor and the ceiling play among the, the streaming uh, defenses. Uh, but I, I also think that there are a lot of good alternatives uh, this week if you if you kind of looked ahead to, to target teams, including, by the way, for those who snatched the Bills defense off the wire uh, when they last week when they were on their bye week, good for you because now you have the premier defensive matchup for Week 7. Yeah, and the team this week who's on a bye, who uh, you could target for next week, is Pittsburgh. That's right. Because get, they get Miami uh, off the bye. So it's my team versus Denny's team next week. Oh, yes, yes. From back, Steelers back Dolphins. In the old By days. the way, I, I, I just read a tweet because um, someone messaged it to me uh, while Denny was talking. Denny, I want to get your reaction. Jalen Ramsey has just been traded to the LA Rams. To the Rams. Oh, this is in real time. This is this it happened. Yes, it, it officially happened. So we see Peters get traded to to Baltimore yeah. to clear some cap space, and it was all for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, well, hey, I'm I'm glad that that uh, that cloud, and I'm not saying J- it was Jalen Ramsey's fault, but that situation was a dark cloud over my man Minshew. I mean, you know that that that. Now that that's cleared, maybe Minshew can get back to doing Minshew things, which is scoring exactly 16 points uh, every week. He he's gonna he's actually gonna go off this week. Uh, Cincinnati oh. has n- none of their corners. Yes, man. They're they're all they're all gone. They're right. all hurt. Right. I was gonna say we're gonna get to quarterbacks in a minute, but if you have Minshew, you're playing them. Yeah, he's he's a good play this week. Uh, all right. So my, the last defense uh, is another deep one. It's it's a tough one. It's Indianapolis. Um, Houston's been not unfriendly to opposing defenses <laughs> this year. Uh, they've, they've uh, four of the six games that they've played four defenses have finished in the top 15 at the position, which is kind of crazy because Houston has a good offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do worry a bit about this matchup because Indy hasn't really gotten to the quarterback a ton this year from a pressure standpoint, but they do rank 12th in sack rate, which is good. Um, so there's a little bit of fear there. But we know that Deshaun Watson uh, gets sacked a lot. He hasn't the last two weeks, but they also face Kansas City and Atlanta, who don't have much of a pass rush. Um, but in the in this previous four contests, he was sacked six, four, two, and six times. Wow. Um, so there's there's some upside there for them to get to the quarterback. Again, I don't love Indianapolis. I'd probably put them in the same tier as Kansas City, mm-hmm. maybe even a little bit below Kansas City, maybe. Um, but because I think Kansas City is just kind of like safe, like it's just. Again, five points, log out. Just let's hope that that's the case. Five points, you uh, could do worse. You could always do Yeah, worse. exactly. But Indianapolis has like a legit floor, like a like legit bad floor. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that they're a decent enough deep play. What you're saying is that they don't have a floor. Yeah, that's right. That's okay. right. Yeah. 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 There you go. Uh, all right, Denny, quarterback. Why don't you kick things off? Yes, quarterback. I will start with probably, oh man, well, there are two really unattractive options this week. I'll start with what I think is the least attractive option. It's, it's Jacoby Brissett against Houston. Uh, so just we talked about how Brissett is, uh, was keeping afloat for a while with touchdowns and that, you know, that was not going to hold up for, for the long haul. I mean, he's, he's 26th in passing yards right now, um, and that's the way the Colts want it. You know, he's, 
uh, 50, almost 54% of his fantasy production this season uh, has come on uh, passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns. That's a really, you know, that's a really high chunk of, uh, that's a really high percentage for um, touchdown scoring. So uh, if he doesn't throw the touchdowns or run for one, I think you're in for a world of hurt. Also, if the Colts run the damn ball, like like their like their ridiculous hats say, uh, then Brissett, we're going to see more of the Brissett from, you know, the game against Kansas City, where he just wasn't asked to do much, and therefore it didn't do much. Uh, but Houston is giving up 18.1 schedule adjusted points to quarterbacks and only the Panthers and Bucks have seen more passes attempted against them this year than the Texans, uh, have in my notes here. You could definitely do worse, but barely, I would say, honestly. Uh, I think the top streamer this week is probably Daniel Jones. Probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I put yeah. his, I put his picture on the Patreon, so it, it needs to be. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, a traditional streamer. There, there are obviously other quarterbacks who you can go with uh, and, and like more. But there's a lot to like about this game. My the the only piece of downside, and the only thing that I'm a little bit scared of, is that Patrick Peterson's back for Arizona. Does that so does scare you? Boy, uh, well, it it just you know it brings a different dynamic yeah. to a really really bad secondary. Um, does it scare me off of using Daniel Jones? Probably not. There's a 49 and a half point over under in this game. Um, the Giants are home favorites. Uh, Arizona, um, actually here, I'm going to actually go back to my notes so that I don't just say stuff. Okay. There you go. Um, but the only quarterback to not finish as a top 10 option against Arizona this year, somehow, some way was Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. which is wild to think about. That is and great. every quarterback has thrown at least 26 pass attempts against the Cardinals. Um, I, I say that mostly because Arizona is not a good team and you would expect them to, to not see a lot of pass attempts against but because of, of their pace offensively and how they play offensively, they rank 11th in pass attempts face this year. So I don't think we're going to walk into a game where Daniel Jones, because Saquon Barkley is back, is only going to throw the ball 15 or 16 times. Um, I think that, that he'll be he'll be forced to throw it a little bit. Uh, so we don't have to worry about like this crazy, crazy low floor like Kirk Cousins in week one. Um, and like I said, the, the, uh, the over-under is high enough in this game. And obviously, Daniel Jones has, has some ability with his legs. So... Um, which people hate when apparently whenever we say that someone has ability with their legs, but I don't know how else you're supposed to say that. He has, he has, he has rushing ability. He can, he can run the football. Yeah. That's, it's a lot more entertaining to hear. Uh, so I think Daniel Jones is a strong option. I like him a lot, actually. Uh, Joe Flacco is a player still in the NFL. He's starting for the Broncos. So here's the thing. If you think that, if you think that the Broncos are going to have neutral or positive game script, in this Thursday night game against the Chiefs, Flacco is going to be probably going to be close to useless. Okay, so in the past two wins, the past two games for the Broncos, which they've won, um, he scored five points and eight points. Now, before that, he was sort of hanging in there, driven strictly uh, by volume. So the Broncos are three-and-a-half-point home dogs here. Uh, the game is a 49-point over-under, which you know isn't terrible. And Kansas City is giving up almost 17 schedule-adjusted points uh, to quarterbacks. You know, he's had, like, the last two games, the Broncos have operated, I think, the way that they want to operate, which is Flacco throwing a combined 47 times in those two games and really not being asked to do much once they once they had a, a lead uh, or were just hanging in there with, with the opposing team. Um, so... 
I think he has n- basically no no floor. Probably Brissett has more of a floor. Now that I'm talking it through, JJ, I feel like probably Flacco is the deepest, most desperate option here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Now, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That you know what? That that's disrespectful to Jacoby Brissett, and I want to apologize because I know that Jacoby listens uh, to the show. Sorry, Jacoby. Uh, but yeah, Flacco is a quarterback who is playing this week, and if you're in a 20 team league, you could do worse. All right, tight ends, Denny. Why don't you kick things off with tight end, actually? Luke Double L Wilson is he's back. back. He's back, folks. Actually, did you watch? Did you watch Hard Knocks, by the way? Because he was on Hard Knocks. He was he's pretty heavily featured on Hard Knocks. I saw a clip. I saw a clip of, of when he was on the on the boat. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So he uh, it's funny because he he tweeted out a funny gif when the Seahawks were 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 signing um, or were looking for. A replacement tight end, but not not. It wasn't when it wasn't when Disley was was injured. It was um. It was some. It was some other time. Anyway, he retweeted a gif of someone waiting by a phone, and so he's been he's been waiting for this, folks. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Wilson and and Disley last week uh, combined for 26 pass routes against Cleveland. Uh, Wilson saw three targets, caught two of them for 16 yards after Disley went down with his injury, which I've heard is. 10 different things it's either an acl or an achilles or something else um his foot fell off his foot you you do hate to see it actually that's pretty gross yeah uh so baltimore uh, is only allowing about three catches per game to tight ends but they played a bunch of teams including the you know steelers cardinals and dolphins who you know don't really don't really use their their tight ends uh, and that could be the same here. Granted, okay, they, they, I don't think that the Seahawks are going to, you know, base their offense around Luke Double O Wilson. Um, but Seattle does have a 27-point implied total, which is the third highest uh, on the week, and you know that's something that we tend to look at when we're looking at uh, streaming plays. So Double L should be available on your waiver wire, even in your league. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just mention Chris Herndon. Uh, I'm not gonna even go over why because I talked about it. You know, we <laughs> talked about every reason why last week, and it's literally the same thing. Because I actually don't like him all that much either because he's playing New England this week, but he's still in play to some degree. My favorite tight end streamer and my favorite tight end ad off the waiver wire this week mm-hmm. is Dallas Goddard. Wow, and the reasoning for it is because if you if you look at the tight end streaming landscape. You're likely not getting a ton of points unless someone finds the end zone week in and week out anyway, right? You're just kind of throwing darts and hoping that someone hits. Um, but with Dallas Goddard, he can give you that production to some degree because the last three weeks when he's been healthy, he didn't. He started the year, he was kind of off and on being healthy. The last three weeks, he's seen at least a, a very nice 69% of Philadelphia's snaps. Nice. And then he's also run uh, the 20th, about the 20th most routes at the tight end position. And he's seen a 10 plus percent target share in each of those games. So you're seeing decent enough volume to be a streamer, just just at a baseline, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. But then on top of that, he has the upside of being a top six or so tight end if if Zach Ertz gets hurt. Mm -hmm. So to me, why would you play someone like Luke Wilson, for instance, or, or sorry, not that you would play like I, I understand why you would play Luke Wilson over Dallas Goddard in a, in a one week you know this is all I need right now but you would you should rather own and have Dallas Goddard over Luke Wilson because of the long term upside 
So my play this week and moving forward is to just add Dallas Goddard. You can probably play him and, and get some production, but then again, there is the upside of something happening to, to Zach Ertz and Goddard, be, or Goddard just becoming more involved in the offense. So okay. I, I like Goddard. I think he's a strong ad. There were some questions on the Patreon page today about what is the reasoning behind why Dallas Goddard is, is on this week's streaming list. The people were very curious as to, well, I'm as good. to why. I'm glad. And I, I kind of winked and nodded and said, hey, guys. I have no effing idea, but JJ's playing it to you. <laughs> I think it's logical though, right? Like, like Noah Fant is someone who, I mean, you're about to talk about him. I'm sorry. That's a spoiler alert. But yeah. Noah Fant is someone who is kind of intriguing because he's a rookie. He's athletic and we can see what happens later in the season with him. So I get the upside there. Um, but even him, I mean, it's, it's a situation where like, you know, you're plugging him and playing him and he's getting three catches per game, if that, and you know, it's whatever. Uh, but with Dallas Goddard, you're going to get similar production, if not better production. And then again, he has the upside of, of a Zach Ertz injury. So I just think it's the most logical thing to do right now. You're, you're all about logic. So thank you for, for explaining that for the people. Cause, cause I was, I was a, at a loss a little bit, but uh, Noah Fant is, is again, a streamer. I'm sorry. I don't know what to say about, about Fant constantly being, on our streaming list, but a he's a deep play, and b he is running a lot of routes. He is so. He is. Um, you know, they again they're playing the Broncos are playing Kansas City. No team has allowed more tight end receptions than the Chiefs, and only Tampa Bay and the Cardinals have allowed more yardage to tight ends through six weeks. Fant is 14th in tight end pass routes run over the past three weeks. And he's seen four or more targets in four of his six games, which, as I say in my notes, isn't the worst. Uh, this game has the third highest over-under. I already mentioned that. <laughs> and and he's available in 77% of leagues. He should probably be available in 97% of leagues. Um, but I guess he was a highly drafted uh, t- tight end in the actual, in the real NFL draft. So that's what happens. Anyway, Fant, Fant is definitely, I think, a better option than, than Wilson, but like you were talking about, it'd probably be best to go Goddard if you can. I, that's that's just where my head's at right now, Denny. That's where my head's at. I like it. I like the I like the reasoning. Uh, so to recap, we have Luke Wilson, Dallas Goddard, Chris Herndon, Noah Fant, Joe Flacco, Jacoby Brissett, Daniel Jones, Indy defense, Kansas City defense, and Green Bay defense. Denny, Twitter questions. All right, let's do it. First one's from our pal Justin Freeman, at Justin Freeman 18. Gym shorts and hoodie, the goat or the woat outfit. It's definitely a staple in the fat guy fall collection. <laughs> What's the latest in the fat guy fall collection? So wait, wait, what is it? Shorts and a hoodie? Shorts and a hoodie is like a, a go-to in, in the fall collection. You you probably wear that every day. Heck yeah, I'm gonna wear. I'm gonna wear. That's a fat joke, Denny. Heck yeah, I'm gonna wear the the gym shorts and hoodie every day. I gotta, I gotta feel comfortable, but right now it's still really hot where I like the high today was like high seventies, really? low eighties. Yeah. So it's still pretty hot here. Um, but when it gets cool, you know, in November and stuff, I'll be, I'll be rocking that hoodie. But with why, why shorts? Why not just sweatpants? Because look I, to me, I think gym shorts are more distinguished than sweatpants. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't you, you wouldn't agree with that? Oh wait. Oh, so because it feels like you're just like wearing your pajamas around. See, I, with sweatpants, yeah. I, I think with gym shorts, you can at least get away with um, people thinking that you are at the gym or going to the gym. Sweatpants, 
they're like, oh, you literally just rolled out of bed. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I I get the I get the kind of the looks when I wear sweatpants to drop my daughter off at her uh, preschool. Sure. I yeah. I get the looks like like oh man like you're you're dead but you're dead yeah but gym shorts like every so I wear gym shorts literally every day of my life every single day of my life I have gym shorts on uh-huh. and I go out to get lunch or you know go go to the grocery store as I as I do as you listeners know and I will be wearing gym shorts and it, it, it to me it 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 looks like oh you had like a midday workout or something yeah right it looks like you are uh maybe um productive in some way yeah uh, as 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 you know going to the gym or wh- whatever whatever people will think i i'm trying to get along with this with this uh frame of mind but i'm struggling to make the a huge dis- uh, huge distinction between uh, sweatpants and gym shorts I, I think one is clearly you wore it in bed and the other one is not as clear. <laughs> that's my, but look, I'm all for people wearing sweatpants to do whatever they want. Like, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't take this as an anti sweatpants take. Well, there, there, there are different kinds of sweatpants too. I mean, they're, they're, this is true. Yeah. There are really stylish ones. I mean, there, there are guys walking around, uh, at the local, um, we have like a, mixed use shopping area up up the road and dudes walking around in there that look better in their sweatpants than I look in my uh, dress pants, you know? Sure. Sure. Uh, so it, it does it. If they're baggy. Yeah. I mean, you look like a ragamuffin. Yeah. Like, like baggy with like, like slippers on or like flip flops on or something, then yeah, you, you need to, you actually, you can do whatever you want, but if you're worried about how people think about you, then you need to change that look up. Yeah, and, and and also it is important to remember that literally the only person who cares about how you look is yourself. That's true. That, that is one that's thing. True. That's true. We have we have life mottos on this show. Yes, that's that's something that that uh, that like a a sixty year old mom would have uh, embroidered on a on a pillow yeah. in the house. Well, all the sixty year old moms who listen to this show probably uh, probably love that line. Then you know, <laughs> right. I mean, it's got to be one of the seven women who listen to this show have to have, has to be a sixty year old mom. Um, this next question is from at teat fifty five. What is the most overrated liquor, and why is it gin? Oh yeah, gin is horrific. Gin is pretty bad, but I I can I can be in gin moods. Really? What when you're when you're fancy? I don't know. I like, look, sometimes I can drink some gin and be fine with it. Like I, every liquor, I feel like I have to, I period. I have to be in a mood to want liquor to begin with. Oh, yeah, like sure. I don't, I don't drink a lot of liquor. Sure. Um, beer is the go-to, but I, I feel like I can be in a gin mood and be okay with it. Is this when you're hanging out with your Southern friends and you guys are dressed <laughs> to go to the Kentucky Derby? Yeah. We have, we have polos on yeah. tucked into our khakis. Yeah. Right. Uh, no, look, I, I, I just think that it's okay at times to have the refreshment, like a gin and tonic or something. Okay, so... But but typically, typically though, I do have that reaction. I think that I... Thinking about it, I, I think that I don't only drink that. I think that I'm like four beers deep or something, and then I just say, oh, I can... Sure, I'll drink a gin and tonic. That Yeah, I, I could see that happening with you, not me, because honestly, gin is, is beyond the pale for me. At, at a holiday party maybe six years ago, I had a coworker who, you know, asked everybody, Hey, you know, I'm going to go to the bar. Do you guys need anything? And I said, I'll have a vodka soda. Mm-hmm. She brings back what looks like a vodka soda. I go ahead and take a big sip of it. And it's a gin and tonic. 
and I almost I almost puked. It was the it was the most disgusting. And I actually have never I've never forgiven that that person. I yeah. I can I can't get over it because it was so egregiously not what I asked for. Um, right. It's in many ways the opposite of what I asked for. Yeah, that's so, right. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I I am very very much against gin. This next question is from at Eric Belair. It's kind of an interesting one. Commish League ethics question. We're, we're the guys to ask any ethical question. Obviously. Uh, team went rogue after the draft. I found a replacement after week one. Now they have also disappeared and given up five wins by not setting their lineup. Oh, is someone like murdering these league ma- managers? Like what's going on with this team? Is this, a, is this going to be a Netflix special in 18 months? <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Uh, maybe a lifetime. Like the league uh, of murder. Can I replace them again, or should I let it play out, giving everyone else they the they play an easy win? I, I I'm to the point. You know, you're midway through the season. You can't you can't let another league manager take over the team. But what what is this like, Eric? We love you, man. But like, what what is going on with this league? Like, what? Why are there people leaving leagues and not paying attention to? I, I don't understand this concept. I that that happened to me in one league where I had to keep replacing the, the same manager like two or three times, uh, the same for the same team. I, I should say, uh, but I I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's very rare. It's very rare, and it's but you know, I, I'm, Eric is probably tilting his face off about it. It sounds terrible. Yeah, uh, that, that sounds miserable, yeah. to be fair. This next question, at Justin White VA, I drafted O.J. Howard. I think the O is a zero, which is funny. <laughs> I drafted O.J. Howard a lot, was burned by him a lot, and moved on where I could. But I can't move on mentally when he keeps getting ranked top 10 to 12 weekly. Is this the most triggering take lock of all time, or do I need to put a gallon of lavender oil on my smoothie to calm down? So... I really think that this is just the result of the tight end position being a dumpster fire, right? Like that's, that's all this is, is that sure. Put the name brand guy there because we know that he has the ability at the very least. Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's hard to put him below the guys you, they usually ranked in the 12 to 14 to 15 spot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's, that's the main reason. Yeah. But, but also don't feel committed to starting him. Definitely not. Definitely not. Next question at CD Carter 69, which, which is the type of doctor is the worst to have an appointment with? My urologist always asks me, how are the boys doing? Not referring to my kids, rather referring to my testicles. (laughs) (laughs) Urologists urologists have to probably be up there as the, as the one doctor you probably wouldn't want to go see. Um, and deal with. I mean, dermatologists is sometimes not pleasant. Dermatologists are sometimes not pleasant. That's right. I I went to I had my my moles checked a couple weeks ago, like a month ago, and because I hadn't had them checked in a while, I've had like five moles removed in my body really? in my lifetime. Wow. Yeah, but none, none of them none of them have been cancerous so far. That's good. all right. Good. Good. Um, but I got checked, and I was like, well, I've I haven't gotten checked in like eight years. I've got to have like some weird mole. I fortunately, I mean, thank God everything was fine because. The, 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 that, that's just such an annoying thing to have to deal with. And then them having to check your body over and yeah. over again, it, it can become, it can become a little uncomfortable. It, yeah, of course it does. Because, uh, then the question comes up, uh, do you have any moles in, in your area? <laughs> and, and then, and then you're like, you're like, well, I don't think so. But like, do you, <laughs> you want to check? Like, shouldn't you check? 
Like, isn't this your job like, to tell me if I have any moles like, there? I'm, I'm, I'm good if you want to check because, because I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't know. I mean, I haven't, I don't, I haven't checked like thoroughly, but I, I don't believe I've seen anything recently. Right. But who's like, who, who, who checks there consistently I, I, for moles? I, I don't, I don't. And that's the thing. And so the last <laughs> time I was there and he asked me that, I was like, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it's best to be safe, right? He was like, yes, it is. I said, okay, then let's let's do this thing. Yeah, let's do this, and then you pull your pants down. Actually, you're already you're all, already wearing a gown. You're already oh, yeah. stripped down no, to your box. You're already just humiliated, you know, uh, yeah. beyond belief. Hey, can I uh, read a couple of Facebook questions? Sure. All right, this is from the Living the Stream Facebook page. In, cl- in case anyone thought that I was just going to read random uh, questions from Facebook, uh, Casey Feta, friend of the show. And I'm sorry, Casey, if I mispronounce your last name. Is it Feta, maybe? Uh, I already asked JJ this, uh, but I'm annoying, so I'll ask again. Is regression a thing for fantasy managers? I played for four years and managed some 20 leagues and have never won a championship despite getting to the playoffs more often than not. Do I have a week six Stefan Diggs season coming up? Um... So, so I can explain this. Okay. Do you want me to explain this? Okay. Okay. So to understand regression, it's not a makeup, right? So if a player scores zero touchdowns and has a thousand receiving yards, we shouldn't, so, and we would expect him with those a thousand receiving yards and, and where he was being targeted and all that, we would expect him to have, let's say five touchdowns. And he's done that a thousand yards through the first half of the season. I understand that's not likely, but this is just an easy way to understand this in the second half of the season. We wouldn't expect him to have 10 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. We would still expect him that if he continued that 1000 uh, yard pace, we would expect him to have five touchdowns. So it's not that you're making up for missed time when you're regressing. It's that you're regressing and playing better and being better than how you were performing. You're regressing back to your mean. Right. Going back to your mean doesn't mean you outperform and overdeliver. It means that you're playing back to your mean, that you're you're doing normal things again. Right. So when we say when we get excited that that Stefan Diggs goes off, Stefan Diggs going off isn't because he was making up for what he didn't do to start the season. Stefan Diggs going off was that he was he still had the peripherals there. And then he he overperformed in that particular game still. Right. Right. And the same thing with Will Fuller yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Uh so so with your teams and all of that, yes, you're going to, to positively regress, but it doesn't mean that all of it's gonna happen this season because it's not really the way that regression works. Right. Uh I would say that if you keep making the playoffs, I don't you know, I don't have any statistical evidence to offer you here, but if you keep making the playoffs good things are going to happen because that's really should be your only goal is to get into the fantasy postseason because anything can happen from there. And you see teams that barely sneak into fantasy playoffs go on to win the championship a lot. You see that a lot. And you see teams that have been dominant throughout the season uh, sputter out in the playoffs. So uh, just keep making the playoffs. I think good things will happen for you. Casey we will do two more Facebook questions. Uh, one is from um, this name is a little bit difficult to pronounce, but I'm going to try. Uh, Azimandias Jones says, Derry Sanders, who is Christian McCaffrey, if in case you missed it, 
Derry Sanders and Does He Matter? And the second question is, how much candy corn should I have to eat for not trading Eckler high? Um, let's just address that second one real quick. I, I think I think not trading Eckler... Um, I mean, you should have once, if you could have, once Melvin Gordon reported. But I still think it was fine process to assume that Melvin Gordon wasn't going to report until like week 10. Yeah. Because there, there, it was completely arbitrary. When Melvin Gordon came back, completely arbitrary. It, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't mean anything. Like the, the timing made no sense. Um, so to me, I think process was fine to not trade, uh, Austin Eckler, but after his big, like 85 reception game against Denver, that was the time to obviously sell Austin Eckler. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm stuck with him in a couple leagues. Yeah, in, me too. Including our Apex League. And I, I guess it's just time to ride it out. I mean, you know, last week was rough, but the week before he had well, he had like 15 catches. Right. So, you know, it's I, I think that you'll have some spike weeks coming up. Uh, last question from Facebook. It's our friend of the show, Bethany L. Peters, the fourth. Bethany says, since this is a poop cast, is it high E or low E <laughs> to not poop and not even have, have to go the entire day of your marathon? Bethany recently ran a marathon uh, and, and raised money for, for a good cause. Uh, she says she's asking for a friend. Of course, she's asking for another marathon runner. Sure. Um, right. Right. I think that's a, that's a pretty high E move. Right. But I mean, you know, nervousness uh, can make you either constipated or, you know, uh, have the runs for, for the record, the latter is what occurs with my body. <laughs> right? it, it depends for me, but, but that has happened to me where, uh, you know, like for a sporting event or something that, um, I will be a little bit backed up. Uh, yeah. So yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think it's high E though. If, it's like an on purpose thing, like a like a hold it in kind of situation because because of the gender. Oh, I see. I, okay, okay, yeah, okay. But but that's not what I'm uh, yeah. accusing uh, Bethany's friend who ran a marathon yeah. also on Sunday. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, uh, it's funny because it's like uh, if you if you look up you know any sort of medical issue online, you're going to find both sides of the coin to everything. Like like um. You know, these symptoms could be this or it could be the opposite of that. You it's just you just don't know. I mean, you you can find anything you want online, which right. is why you should never, ever go down Google rabbit holes about something you think is wrong with you. I've made this mistake many, oh. many times. Oh, yeah. And you end up, you know, because everything and I'm not trying to be insensitive here, but really, if you go far enough, everything is cancer. Everything's cancer. Everything. It ends up being cancer. You know, a, a pain in your side, it's cancer. Yeah, everything is. I, doctors, I actually know doctors hate it that that people can do this because oh. they have to deal with it then whenever the people go into the office. Can you imagine? And, and, and please, if there are doctors listening to the show, which there must be, please tell us how annoying it is for a WebMD guru to come into your office and say, here's what I have, doc. What do you got? Right. Right. You know, I think it's I think it's if you can have a rational patient who understands and, and can look at both sides and understands that they're Googling things and these results aren't everything, but they can at least lead you down a certain path because I've done things that like like there's I, I had not not to get into my, you know, HIPAA laws and, and whatnot, but, <laughs> you know, not not to not to not to dive too deep, but 
I've had I've had acid reflux issues in my in my history. Okay. okay? And I had uh, I, two years ago, I had the feeling of like a lump in my throat mm-hmm. for like a good month. Oh, boy. And I had no idea what was going. And then I realized there's a certain type of acid reflux called LPR. It's like a, a, a throat thing. And it, because of the research, I was able to go to the doctor and he's like, oh, I've had that before. And, you know, because he's had reflux issues and stuff. He's like, here's what you should do. Here's So like I, it's basically like there's some foods like like I don't really eat chocolate at all anymore because it's a trigger food. Right. Okay. And so, so you just kind of fix it and you can, you can just live your life. I mean, it's not a huge deal. Um, but it, from that perspective, it was good that I could approach the doctor mm-hmm. and say, I think this is it. But if you're not rational, which I'm assuming no. most people aren't going to go to the doctor feeling pretty rational, then it could go down. It could, it could, it could be bad. Yeah. Cause I would have gone, if I had that a lump in my throat, I would have gone and said, doctor, I have really terrible news. I have, <laughs> I have throat cancer. Right. I need you to kick, I need you to cut it out right now. I, I'm I'm right. ready. And then I would have exposed my neck and I said, just go ahead, go ahead. Right. You know, I mean, it, it, this is this is the way you know online can like break your brain if you if you let it. Horrifically annoying though, by the way. So I, I chocolate is a no go for me, and that's why I don't drink coffee anymore oh, because cool. coffee coffee is the main trigger for that kind of of reflux. Hey, man. That, and, if you can avoid that stuff it's, I, it's honestly better for my body probably but i do miss i do miss drinking coffee yeah i miss it next question at j deck 89 as an adult is it normal to sleep with your bedroom door closed when you have children you have to sleep with your bedroom door open right why it's a good good, good question what so do you do you do you sleep uh with it open or closed um all right. Well, it's a little bit different in the fall and winter. So in the summer, it's closed because we have a, a, an upstairs air conditioning unit, and I want to keep the cold, the cool air in our room. Okay. But the 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 heat is is too powerful. It's too much to keep the door closed in the winter. So the door is cracked during the winter. But I have, I see no problem with with closing the door. Do you? I don't see a problem with it. We we keep it open, but it doesn't really change anything. Um, you know, like I, I literally, someone asked a question about, um, an alarm and hitting snooze or something. I don't know if I was, if I favorited it to, to read it on the show, but, um, I, I, I'm going to tell a little secret. I don't, I don't set an alarm every day. Yeah. I, I have no alarm. My alarm is my daughter. Same. And she, she wakes up at the same time every day. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm the one who takes her to daycare every morning and get her ready and stuff like that. So my alarm is essentially, well, my wife too, cause she's leaving for work and like, I'll wake up and whatnot. Right. But, uh, that's essentially my alarm. Yeah. And keeping the door, the reason I'm thinking about this is because when you keep the door open, you know, you're able to, to hear more if you can't pick it up on the monitor mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's, it's, that's another reason why I, I think that we've just ended up leaving it open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we used to have it open when the, when the kids were babies and we, we wanted to make sure we heard them. And also the, the, the video monitor had broken at some point. So we, we could no longer use that. So we had, we had to use the, the old fashioned kind of monitoring, which is just the door open. So I guess that makes sense, but yeah, yeah. close it if you want. It's no problem. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Uh, next question at Troy likes stuff. Every year I get super excited for my fantasy drafts. And then every year I start to lose interest mid season. Do you guys have mid season swoon? Any tips to stay engaged? I mean, I'm always engaged. Cause I'm like, I mean, this is my job slash I'm obsessed with, with all of this. It's just a lot of fun for me. And I'm in enough leagues where even if some of my teams suck, which I have teams that suck every, every person who plays fantasy football will have teams that suck. I can at least just like block those out and just focus on my really good teams. Yeah, well, this is the issue is that I think a lot of 
a lot of listeners to this show uh, are playing in one or maybe two leagues. And so right. if 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 you're playing in one league, your office league or whatever, and at this point you're two and four, and you don't really you're not going to invest a whole lot going forward, maybe. But my my point here is that you should because if you are in a twelve team league where six teams get into the playoffs, you can easily make the playoffs still. Like if you're yeah, no, it's true. If you're two it's and true. four, even if you're one and five, I would I keep plugging keep plugging away. Like you know, get get crazy, make your get some upside on your team. Obviously, you're not scoring a ton of points. Okay, so uh, Troy, Troy, listen to me. Keep going. Do not stop. Don't give in to the midseason swoon, uh, and be like be like someone who's in thirty leagues and can ignore the ten leagues that they suck in. Yeah, I look. I I have leagues that I suck in. Uh, there's one. I, there's no more. I, I'm in this uh, Osmo charity league this year. Uh, it's a great league. Great guys over at Osmo. Um, but I my team is sixth in points scored, and I'm I have one win. It's my only oh. one win redraft team right now. And it's the most tilting experience. And then I looked at my matchup this week. I'm going to get destroyed. Like it's just like what, what? Why am I even? Why am I even playing the waiver wire in this league at this point? It's the most depressing thing that I've ever. I'm just going to stare at my Apex team and my yeah. my these other teams where I have uh, I haven't lost yet just to feel better about. Yeah, myself. right. They become like your favorite children. It, That's right. That's exactly what it is. You're just you're just manipulating your lineup. You're just staring at it, being like, yeah. "Hell yeah!" Um, that's that's my roster. My beautiful child. My beautiful not my not my bastard child that I keep in the in the uh, attic. Yeah, uh, exactly. The, the one in five child. Uh, I have a draft day consultants uh, client who whose team is two and four, and he leads the league in points scored by by a long shot. Oh my god! Two and four every single week this poor dude runs into a buzzsaw who, who just whoever whoever blows up that week he's playing against him. will fuller obviously playing against him uh that the the week that uh daniel jones went off the dude started daniel jones unreal unreal uh this next question is from at fits 843 i'll answer it quickly jared goff versus atlanta or live the stream it's jared goff you're playing jared goff this week yeah you can't back away from that matchup yeah Next question at CD Carter 69. Again, do you either of you turn to drinking tea for warmth during the fall and winter or does JJ just microwave his horrific smoothies to own Denny to hell and back? So a couple layers to this. Number one, uh, smoothie game still going strong. Uh, I didn't have any spinach today, but I still made a smoothie uh, and it was delicious. So Denny, we have about four more weeks of me doing smoothies until you have to drink that white. I'm, I'm, I'm preparing myself mentally and emotionally. But yeah, I drink tea every single day. Because that's that's my that's my coffee. I just mentioned that I don't I can't do coffee anymore, but I can do tea. It's the the caffeine is really what does it for for the the reflux stuff that I have going yeah, on. Yeah. But but for for you know it's not like intense caffeine with tea, so it's not that bad. Um, I tried the tea thing because my wife was doing the tea thing last last winter, and I um I couldn't get into it. I I found myself taking two sips and then letting it sit there and get cold. So I abandoned my my tea tea situation. It does take a little time to get used to because it's not the most because coffee's so flavorful, mm-hmm. and if you're so used to that as like your your uh, comfort drink, you know, yeah, uh, it's a it's a much different experience with tea. But I have as as the Brits know, I no longer microwave my tea for the record, just so everyone knows. Well, now I mean, I think I think they can uh, stop Brexit now that that you said that. <laughs> 
I think, certain. I think you just solved Brexit. I thought I think they were leaving the EU because and in, in uh, protest of of an American microwaving his tea. Uh, this next question's from at Avery was a baby. Uh, Avery still is kind of a baby. <laughs> My, uh, how long could you guys survive in the wilderness with only pumpkin spice breakfast bars and candy corn? I want to go on record and just say that the pumpkin spice hate on this show is very, very one-sided. Okay. I don't hate like the candy corn. We agree with it's it's pretty trash. You can only have like yeah, one to right, three, right? right. right. But pumpkin spice, I like pumpkin flavored stuff, guys. Just because Denny is the louder voice doesn't mean that he takes over every single take on this show. I will say into this golden mic right now uh, that I reject all things pumpkin spice and I I always will. I I saw pumpkin spice spam. Yeah, that's I also saw pumpkin spice like uh, spaghetti sauce. No. Yeah, like that sounds miserable. No, man, I don't. I don't. I just feel like it doesn't have to be in every. So, what? What do you? You, you like the pumpkin spice lattes? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, like, I, I like that flavor. I like, uh, like anything. I, I think pumpkin flavored sweet things are good, right? Like whether it's like a cookie or like pumpkin pie, I think is good or whatever. Like pumpkin flavored stuff is good. But if you're putting pumpkin on like uh, pasta. Yeah, exactly. On pasta, that that to me is is where you draw the line. I can't believe my uh, co-host is a an apologist for Big Pumpkin. I look. I will say it's a little over the top, but like, I, I there are some good pumpkin beers. There are some good pumpkin beers. I had a thing. I had a short phase. I don't know, maybe five, six years ago. I always say five or six years. Everything happened five or six years ago for me. <laughs> I'm saying, nothing happened four years ago, and nothing happened seven years ago. It was either five or it was six. <laughs> anyway, in that time period. I had a thing where I was drinking pumpkin beers and I wasn't hating them. And I don't know what had come over me, but I have to admit I had a taste for them at one point. Pumpkin beer is similar to candy corn where you can only have one or two and then, and then that's it. Cause you're the back of your throat starts feeling weird. A lot of throat talk on today's show back of your throat starts feeling <laughs> weird. It's just, it's just, you, you need, you need some, some change. Yeah. Uh, especially the ones that are like really like, the the best pumpkin beers are the one that's just like a hint of pumpkin, right? Right. Just a little bit of pumpkin in there. That's, yeah, that's but perfect. mostly beer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. Let's let's answer this one last. Uh, this is the last question for today's show. Okay. This is from at ff underscore ceo. Feelings on using the plunger handle as the extra TP holder, convenient. And if someone is going to clog the toilet, I want to subtly shame them with the work of moving each roll first. First of all, are you a survivalist? <laughs> you need to use the the plunger handle as a as a TP holder. Yeah, I, look, I I think it's gross. The anything plunger related yeah. is gross to me. Yes, yeah, nothing should be touching the plunger. And, and and you know, if you have to use the plunger, for the love of God, wash your hands after that thing is disgusting. That's right. That's right. Actually, we're going to answer one more question. This is from Chris Gimino. At Chris Gimino, uh, he says, you're with friends, okay? A satellite friend of a friend starts to move in for a hug when everyone else is saying goodbye. Ugh. 
How do you optimally shut down an unmerited goodbye hug when they make the move? Well, I mean, you're going to make it awkward. I, I say you don't shut it down. I say you go with it unless unless you're like physically uncomfortable with 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 hugging. Right. I, I'm like I'm a hugger. I, I hug. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember you. You get you pulled me in. When, right, that's right. When we met up in DC. That's right. So, so to me, it's not. I'm not the person who initiates, right? So in that situation, I would never, because I'm very much a, a. I'm an. I'm an extrovert when I'm uh, comfortable, and I'm an introvert when I'm uh-huh. not as comfortable. Right. Right. So if that's a situation where I don't know the person very well, I hopefully like we got to know each other that night, and we're hanging out and having some beer, or whatever. Then I would maybe hug the person, but. If they're coming in, what are you going to give them a stiff arm? Yeah. I mean, what, are you, are you going to lean back and give them a high five as they're trying to hug you and make it just right. so uncomfortable that everybody wants to die immediately? You know? Right. Right. I, no, I, I, I think you just, you know, unless again, I mean, you don't have to hug a person obviously, but if you're okay with it, if you can just roll with it, then just do it. My favorite though, my favorite thing is when someone is so committed to being either on the like having their arm on the bottom of the hug or on the top of the hug yeah. that when when you go in you can see the commitment on the person's face if they have their arm up high and you <laughs> go and 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 you also put your arm up arm up high and they make no movement they they make it, they let it be known in that 2 second span I'm not moving we can we our our arms are going to collide this is going to be a, a total debacle uh, unless you change, like, you know, unless, unless right. you change your arm, change your arm position, man, do it now. And, and that's, right. that's what I love. That is a, that is a hardcore hug. That's a hugger who knows what he or she wants. I, I dig it. I dig it. By the way, I have to read this last question because it, it made me laugh out loud when I read it earlier. And as we were talking, I scrolled up to make sure we were all good with the questions and I read it again. And I just started giggling to myself. This is from at Ryan Crescenti. And, and mind you, there's no punctuation at the end of this question, which <laughs> makes it makes it anytime there's no punctuation. It's just funnier online. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. It says, <laughs> how does one stop being me- mediocre in general? <laughs> <laughs> You're asking the wrong guys. This is this is the, the most <laughs> mediocre podcast in, in the industry. In general, just how does one stop being mediocre? <laughs> I mean, so good. you either have to commit to being just truly bad at things or, you know, the opposite. You have to try to be good. I, I This is my, my only advice is really be lazy or be very proactive and involved. This is the only. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and own the mediocrity. Own it. Like be OK with being mediocre at, at, at most things. Yeah. I, I mean, I would think, in, in general, I would say being mediocre at everything probably sucks. Um, uh, you know, I, and maybe, maybe I am, and I'm just not acknowledging it, but, um, you know, my, yeah, my, my advice would be, and if you want to slack, slack, you know, like right. you don't, you don't have to try to just be average. You can just don't try at all. It's it, that works too. That's fine. Totally fine. All right, Denny, that's it for today's show. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah. On Twitter, you can find me at at cd carter 13 i'm sorry i had a a, a mini stroke there uh wow. i i uh um i was looking i was actually blinded by my golden mic for a minute but yes at cd carter 13 also i have my kicker column up on the lts patreon page we have streamers up 
We have two podcasts per week. We have so much content people are passing out weekly uh, trying to, to ingest it all. I'm on Twitter at Late Round QB. You can uh, also subscribe to my other podcast, the Late Round Podcast. Denny, we have a tilt montage for this week, right? We do. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Two twenty nine Eastern Time in the only legit time zone on the face of the planet, the Eastern Time Zone. And I was just tweeting about how uh, utterly devastating uh, this must be for Mike Zimmer, for his team, his football team, uh, to be dominating a game with passing yardage and passing touchdowns. I don't know how he's going to handle it when the other hashtag football guys get together with Mike Zimmer this week for their weekly poker game and they mock him endlessly for failing to first establish the run and then pass the ball or just not pass the ball at all. Yeah, I'm sure Pete Carroll, uh, if the Seahawks end up losing to Cleveland here, uh, if they, if the Seahawks actually, you know, run it 35, 40 times, like as, as per usual, despite the negative game script, despite the need to score points, I'm sure that he will have his, his head held up high at the weekly hashtag football guys poker game. And he'll say, we lost, but the run was established as hell, Mike. And then Mike Zimmer has no defense because his team was obviously out to score points today via the air. And that, that is, that's a, that's a huge, huge failure on the part of a run establisher. But I have cousins everywhere, so it's cool. I'm tilting. Uh, 2.34 Eastern Time, and I'd like to just issue a quick apology to all the good and decent LTS patrons who asked me if they should start Ricky Seals-Jones today versus Seattle, and I said uh, to the vast majority of them, no. We really did talk about adding, including RSJ in this week's uh, uh, streamers, among this week's streamers, and we decided against it because his pass route running has been so up and down. Um, last week, he wasn't involved in the game at all. So he seemed like a really, really good candidate for a zero. I, I mean, he wouldn't be the first streaming tight end to score zero points, obviously. But just the unpredictability, the fact that he had no floor at all. Although I do think, now that I'm, I'm, I'm just really tilted by the fact that he's already caught a touchdown, and I think he has like four or five targets in the first half. It's, it's a total nightmare. Uh, I do think I told some people to start RSJ. And if I didn't, if I actually nixed all the RSJ requests for should I play him if I'm desperate, um, I think I'm going to have to leave the country. I'm tilting. Uh, 3.45 p.m. Eastern Time, and as these games play on... uh, 
U.S. foreign policy in the Middle East is changing dramatically by the minute. But anyway, on to Lamar Jackson. I don't know if we've ever seen quite the, uh, the, the cheat code that Lamar Jackson has become or is becoming for the Ravens. I mean, I know we've had rushing quarterbacks before, and that is the, the cheat code, in case you missed it, in fantasy football. But a guy who is so good at gaining yards on the ground and doesn't suck throwing the ball. You know, to the chagrin of the haters, of course. I mean, he's a good, he's a good passer, good solid passer. He's a, a fantastic runner. He doesn't take unnecessary risks like some running quarterbacks do. He doesn't put himself in danger. He's incredibly shifty. I mean, I'm I'm not going to give you the film breakdown of Lamar Jackson. Only patrons who are giving at the $69 level can hear my uh, film breakdowns, first of all. Let's just get that straight. But he's up, I believe he's up over 150 yards rushing today against the Bengals. It's just incredible. I'm not tilting, but I'll say it anyway. I'm tilting. 411 in the Eastern Time Zone, and uh, Sam in our Living the Stream Listener League reminded me on Twitter today that uh, I'm not starting one, uh, nor two, but three tight ends against him in our LTS League matchup today. It's unintentionally extremely high T. But I think it still counts. I think it's still. I'm just. I'm wondering if I can tell my wife about it. That if if it still counts as a, a very high T move that she'll be impressed with, or because I I didn't really want to, is it still? Am I still low T? I I'm I'm trying to decide. Anyway, I had to start. Noah Fant, one of our streamers this week, Ricky Seals Jones. And this is not me, uh, you know, doing something different than what I recommend on the Patreon page, I swear. I was absolutely desperate to plug someone in uh, into one of the four or five flex spots we have in this league, and he was the only viable candidate on the wire. I just want, I want to make that clear. I know how bad that looks. I'm just realizing how awful me starting RSJ looks, but... I had to. You have to understand. Please understand. Anyway, I also have to start Hunter Henry, who you know might play you know seven snaps uh, today against the Steelers. So what can you do? What can you do? I'm tilting. Four forty-three Eastern Time, and I just heard Howie Long on the Fox post-game show say that the story of the Vikings really is Kirk Cousins. This is sure to enrage Mike Zimmer to the point of retirement, possibly. We could see Mike Zimmer retire after this devastating victory Sunday against the Eagles. We're just going to have to see. I'm tilting. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the Internet Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. 
Share about the team.